It's the key to innovation. It's the reason that so many big companies, medium-sized companies struggle to grow because they don't think small. What do I mean? Let's talk about it. Leadership is the ability to facilitate movement in others toward a destination you can describe. I'm Russ Hill. I help build leaders. And this is the Culture Hacks Podcast. Make sure you don't miss an episode. Tap on the follow, plus, or subscribe button, and you'll get two new episodes each week. Thanks for listening to the Culture Hacks Podcast with Russ Hill. the people that we have added to our team in the last year who's just remarkable bringing so much value to our organization and to our growth and is just just awesome to work with this person and I were having a conversation the other day and I was telling him I'm like this is the reason why I left the big corporate world this is the reason why it was a challenge to work in an environment with private equity and why, and we got into this discussion and it's all about the need to think small, which is weird, right? Like you're supposed to think big. That would be like common sense or, or what people would usually say, Oh, think big. No, 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 no. The key to big growth, in my opinion, is thinking small. I want to talk about that and get you analyzing how you may be doing this well or may not be in this episode. Welcome into the Culture Hacks podcast. I'm Russ Hill. I make my living coaching and consulting senior executive teams at some amazing companies. You can find out more about who we work with, what it looks like, what we do with our clients at LoneRockConsulting.com. LoneRockConsulting.com. You know what my kids want more than anything? Um, for um, gifts, it's so funny. Um, is company merch like <laughs> they, I'll wear these leading thirty um, pullover, you know, uh, sweatshirts or whatever. I'll I'll wear um, a, a golf shirt, or whatever. And they're like, Dad, how come we don't have any leading thirty merch? How come we don't have a Lone Rock? Our company logo is just just. If you haven't gone to our website, just go check it out because the company logo Lone Rock is just like we we just crushed it. Uh, with that logo and you know the funny thing is i think we paid 25 dollars for it maybe 25 dollars, and it was somebody um in the philippines or india or something who was just doing a side hustle and delivering stuff and felt so awesome about it and we tipped them and whatever but it, like literally and um, i remember back in the day back when i worked in the media world and we would pay like in enormous amounts of money for logos. We would spend nine months, six months, maybe, I, I don't even remember. It was just forever. We would have focus groups and all these internal people and it took forever to create logos and designs and we paid out the yin-yang for it. It's so stupid, unbelievable. We, we kept these huge marketing companies and agencies and business. I can't even believe it. Like how some of those companies still exist is beyond me. Like if you're not contracting, I mean, there's so much talent available in this gig economy. But anyway, that's another another episode. Um, okay, so in this episode, what I want to talk to you 
uh, about is thinking small. What do I mean by that? So let me let me go through and, and, and share an experience. So the consulting firm that I used to work at, which was awesome, love it dearly, still have a lot of friends there, awesome company, just have nothing negative to say about it. Every no organization's perfect. Every company's got challenges. Every one of us is leaders. We've got so many imperfections, so many things that we don't do well. If I bring any value to the 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 leadership development space, it's because of my insane amount, my abnormally high amount of making mistakes, of doing it the wrong way, of being ineffective, of screwing it up and learning from that and gaining wisdom from it and then being willing to share it. And, uh, and, and, and certainly, I mean, like if you've read my first book, decide to lead, it's just full of, um, well, I made this mistake and that mistake and I screwed that up and this didn't work well. And I, I got rated the lowest at this and this really, and so it's just, um, it's just full of that. And, and so the, the company I worked for was not perfect. They were awesome, but, but not perfect. And it wasn't at the end when I left, it wasn't because they sucked. It was because it wasn't the right fit for where I was at that stage of my career. Got it? So that's important for me to say. So one of the reasons that that organization at the end of the time I was there was not a great fit for me was because I care so much about growth. I care so much about scale. And so it's very difficult for me to thrive in an environment that is becoming stagnant, where there's not dramatic growth in different in, in, in different metrics, right? In different areas. And one of the reasons that, in my opinion, that organization and so many others, in fact, many others struggle is because they think big. And I want you to think about in your mind, what do I what do you think I mean by that? What does it mean for a leader, a leadership team, an organization? to think like a big company, a big corporation. And for me, what I mean by that is slow. We've defined every process. Everything requires approvals. The answer so often is no. And we, we, and, and you can understand that. I mean, the, the, there are massive advantages to being the big dog or the big player or the category king and having been around for 20 years or 100 years or whatever it is and having a, a massive market share and a massive footprint. But So there are so many advantages to that, right? But there are also massive disadvantages. And one of them is nobody wants to risk the amount of revenue coming in there. Or, and you've got so many attorneys now. And the legal team is so big and there's so many claims and so many lawsuits and so many things going on that one of the major jobs of the executive team is to protect that. And so they spend a lot of time as a leadership team thinking about threats and how do we navigate that and how do we manage that? And so that's why when you do business, when, when, when we would go to a client, in my prior life, and we'd put an agreement in front of them. How many pages long do you think that that contract was? And this is not unique to the organization I worked at. It's all over the place. And so you would want to hire us as consultants. Say, hey, Russ, man, 
I'd really like you to meet with our leadership team of XYZ Corporation. Can you be at our meeting? I'd say, absolutely. Let me send you a 32-page document for you to review, and I need you to sign that, and then I could be there. And you go, whoa, 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 whoa. hang on one second. <laughs> um, you get that document, you're like, uh, okay, well, I guess this is pretty meaty, so I'm going to send it to my legal team, and then your legal team or your lawyer or whatever goes, oh, we can't agree to paragraph four, and on page three, line 27, that we can't agree, and then this, and then, you, so you send this back, we call it redlining, right? And uh, if you know what redlining is, you work for a, a large or decent sized company. And, and so then you send that back to us and you say, Hey, Russ, I got that to our attorney. And by the way, how long does that process take out take? Like now we we're already two, three, four weeks in because the legal person didn't respond to the emails and then, and then they were on vacation and then they came back and they didn't return that email. And then that happened. And now we're on a zoom meeting and we're on a call and it's been three weeks, four weeks. And now we're talking about red lines. And that, by the way, that's if you agree to the price and, and kind of the, the details of the SOW, the statement of work, right? And so now we're having these conversations between legal teams and your legal team says, well, we can't agree to that. And then I got my legal team on the call and now we're just talking lawyers and they're both beating their chest and trying to prove how much value they're bringing their organization by how many things they strike. And it's no, no, I don't know, maybe whatever. How long does that process play out for those two attorneys to do their flexing and and just battle back and forth and say no to each other well that takes a month and then now now we come back and then the client goes well actually um we'd actually like that rush you're charging us i'm going to throw out a, a raw figure you're charging us a hundred thousand for that or fifty thousand or whatever the price is a thousand dollars whatever it is and we'd really like to pay half that um, can we just pay half that? And I'm thinking, man, this is a client with massive potential. I could see us doing a decade of work. They're going to be a multi seven figure client, but we got to just get them to say yes and agree and get in the door. Right. And so I'm thinking, man, I'll totally flex on this price. I'll totally bend or move on it in order to get in the door and bring value because we need to bring credibility. But what does my corporate team say? Nope. 50%. 10%, 20% off. Are you kidding? Change that price? No, that would jeopardize our price integrity. We can't do that. And so you got this whole legal division. You got this whole sales team, sales leadership team. You got all these executives, which what do you primarily hear out of the tower every day when you send things to them? Nope, nope, nope. Can't do it. Nope, nope, nope. And how long does it take to get access in order to get that? No, like takes forever. You can't get to them because they got so many people lined up that they're saying no to thinking big primary job of those leaders. When the company reaches a certain level is to reduce threat, manage threat. And so if you are addicted to growth, if you have a growth mindset, if you like to ide ideate and to create, and to innovate, and to solve customers' problems, and to whatever, you struggle. You really struggle in that environment. And so what do you seek? An exit. Yeah. And then the executives who are managing the risk and, and, the, and the threat and are constantly saying no, what do they start saying? They start going, how come we don't have anybody around here who proposes new ideas? 
And they go to their meetings. They're like, man, we need a culture in this organization where we innovate. How come? And there's not fears. Well, hello. <laughs> Have you met your own company? Have you seen the emails going back and forth? Have you read the policies? Of course, there's nobody left around here to ideate. Of course, you're slow to go to market. Of course, there's just no, because your company thinks big. So what's the answer to that? Well, good luck, because if you figure that out, <laughs> you're going to solve it all. No, there's that's a pretty complex. That's a complex answer. Because you respect as much as I make fun of or or lament um, what all those executives saying. No, I totally respect their need to protect against threat. That's real. And it jeopardizes the future of that organization. But they are stuck in a situation where there are so many no's or can't do it that way. We're stuck in this way with a 42 page contract. And then what it, what does it look like to think small? Well, let me give you an example. That's us, our firm right now. So one of the members we add to our team added to our team in the last six months, he comes to me. We're having a call in the last few days. He says, you know what, Russ, what I love, he's so experienced as a veteran in our industry and in the leadership development training industry. He says, you know, one of the things I love about this team and about this environment is our agreement that we send to clients as a page and a half. I'm not exaggerating. And, and, and if you come back to us and you say, Hey, Russ, or one of the other founders, Hey, Jared, Hey, Tanner, can we strike that paragraph? Guess what? We're going to say 90% of the time. Totally. We're good. Now we're in a position where, yeah, we've got something to protect, but we, but we don't have the level of concern that somebody else in a company 60 times bigger than us has. So we're way more nimble. We're way scrappier. You come back to us and you say, and you're somebody that's um, solving issues for our clients or potential clients. You say, hey, company, leaders, can we, um, can we do this? They, they'd like to do it this way instead of that way. They'd like to adjust this or do that. And the answer is almost always yes. And, and we don't just bend over. I mean, we're saying, okay, well, it can't be that, but let's figure out a yes. And so why don't we do this and take this out of the agreement? If they want to adjust the price, let's pull that out and do this differently or whatever. But just find a way to say yes. Find a way to deliver for that client. Find a way to adjust it. And we're thinking we're, we're just we're smaller compared to the massive category kings in our industry. And I love that. Now, if we're successful when we're successful in growing this thing massively. So is that two years from now, five years from now, 15 years from now? I don't know. Um, and it actually doesn't really matter to me because um, I'm so addicted to the journey on the way to the result and I'm loving it and enjoying it and thriving in it. So whatever it takes, is there going to be, is there some day in the future where it's going to be really challenging because that agreement's not going to be a page and a half anymore? It's going to be four or seven or 10. I think that's possible. I think that's likely, but man, I will do my darndest to keep that away and to think small 
and protect our ability to be scrappy and nimble and ideate and say yes to the customer and solve customer needs in a way that serves them. Why? Because I'm just addicted to innovation, to growth, to ideating. And so when we get to that point, I don't know that I want to be involved anymore because that's not the environment I thrive in. Some of you do. Well, I doubt any of you because you wouldn't listen to this podcast. Again, if you're if you're addicted to status quo and you love stagnation and just routine, you probably aren't listening to content or seeking it out about growth and leadership and how to be different, right? You're just kind of on autopilot and good for you. But that's not us. It's not you and it's not me. And so think small. And so for me, there've been multiple times, this, this has been a theme, honestly, in my career as somebody who values growth and is addicted to a steep growth curve and wants to ideate and to create and to scale. There have been multiple points in my career where I've needed to exit great organizations Back to my media days, I left an entire industry because of its inability to innovate because very large industries and very large organizations are led by very old people. I'm not that far away from their ages, but you get people on, and I don't mean that in any kind of ageist way. Um, my kids will go, that's racist. And obviously it's not racist, but, <laughs> but they seem to say that about everything. And, uh, and, and, and so the, it it might be ageist, but, um, you get to a point to where you are more concerned about your nest egg and your retirement and preserving the stock price at that point when you're going to cash out, than you are concerned about the growth for the next decade or two or three. And that's the world I was in, in the media industry. Why would these senior executives in our industry of any company, um, ideate and innovate in any major way and put at risk some of the short-term results in order to transform the industry and the product and the services and meet the customer's needs. They just wouldn't. And so they just grow and innovate and ideate at an incredibly slow rate and in the most anemic way possible to fight for their survival. Right. And so I've just found myself exiting those organizations, great companies, great people, and the people that I've left behind, the people that are still in a lot of those industries are totally comfortable with slow growth. And I'm just not. And um, there's no judgment on either one, right? So anyway, so think small. And maybe some of your companies are still relatively small compared to the category kings or the biggest players in your industry. But you might consider as you listen to this podcast, where are we thinking too big? Where are we too slow? Where are we not movable? Where are we not scrappy? Where am I as a leader on this team or in this organization or in this industry becoming less scrappy and less nimble and less risk averse? And is, am I okay with that? And how is it impacting the, the talent, the type of talent we're able to recruit? How is it impacting engagement and retention of the people we most need in order to grow? And how is it impacting 
our ability to uh, grab market share in this industry. So just some things to think about. I'll talk to you in the next episode of the Culture Hacks podcast. Who do you know that could benefit from listening to this episode? Tap on the share button and text the link to a friend or colleague or write a post on LinkedIn and tag Russ. Thanks for listening to the Culture Hacks podcast with Russ Hill.